Hello, and welcome to I Watch This as an Adult, the podcast where I watch movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week, we will be reviewing 1995's House Guest. Okay, guys, 1995's House Guest. We're going to get to that. But before we get to that, I got some announcements to make. The I Watch This As An Adult podcast has an Instagram. You can go and follow it. It's I Watch This As An Adult. All one word. Go follow me on Instagram. I'm thinking about uh, maybe starting a Facebook page for it also. Maybe a Facebook group. I don't know. Maybe you guys can give me some feedback on that. You know... If I should do that, probably not doing MySpace. MySpace, like, <laughs> that's the thing. I probably can't even remember my MySpace password if you put a gun to my head. You're like, you could put a gun to your head. You put a gun to my head and say, remember your, remember your MySpace password. I mean, like, it, just, just, just go ahead and pull the trigger. You know, just, just go do it because I. I don't know. I think there was one time I tried to get back into my MySpace and I was just like, I can't remember my password for shit. You know, but so no MySpace for you MySpace users because I can't even remember my own password. And also, if you want to help the podcast grow, you can go and support the podcast. You can go to my Anchor FM page. I watch this as an adult. And you can go and drop a little change in there to support the podcast, help the podcast grow. Whatever you want, a little bit goes a long way. Um, now let's get to the movie House Guests, shall we? Um, I like to start off the podcast with how I saw this movie and how old I was when I saw this movie. I saw this movie on VHS. I saw this movie like maybe like two years after it came out honestly i did not see this in theater i saw this movie like two years after it came out i saw it on vhs because back in I'm, I'm gonna give you kids a little history lesson for you guys that are new or like you guys that are like from the new millennium and you didn't you don't know how movies worked in the 90s and in the 80s and in the 70s really like before Really before, uh, like, 2008 or some shit. But <laughs> this is how movies work before before that. A movie would come out. That movie would be in the theater. It would sometimes go to the dot. It would sometimes go to the, the $1 theater after that. So people can go see it for a cheaper price. I don't know if they still have, the, uh, like, $1 theaters. I used to go to $1 theaters a lot as a kid. That's how I saw a lot of movies. Um, then after it's done with the $1 theater, you got to wait at least like a year or two years for that movie to come out on VHS tape. And like That's how it works. It's not like now where the movie comes out like six months from now, you know, like on, on Blu-ray or DVD or you can watch it on digital and it's on like Netflix and all this stuff, you know, like. It didn't work like that back in the 90s, in the 80s and the 90s. It didn't work like that at all. You had to wait at least two years 
for that movie to come out on VHS tape. And when that movie, and even when that movie came on TV, when that movie came on TV, it was a treat. It was a worldwide premiere of a movie just for it to be on NBC or Fox or whatever. It was like, they don't even do that anymore, but that's how I, that's how I saw this movie. I saw this movie like two years later on VHS. So I had to be about 12. I think I saw this movie when I was 12. And I liked this movie as a kid. I really did. I, I watched it a lot. I wore that friggin' VHS tape out. I used to watch the hell out of house guests. And the movie stars Sinbad. Uh, Sinbad, let me tell you the importance of Sinbad. Sinbad was one of the biggest comedians in about in the early to mid 90s. He was pretty much like the Kevin Hart of the early to mid 90s. He was if you needed a black comedian to be in something, it was Sinbad. And you still had Eddie Murphy. Chris Rock hadn't found his spot yet. Dave Chappelle was far away from this. You know, but most of the time if they needed a black comedian for something, they would either pick like Eddie Murphy or Sinbad pretty much. And by this time Eddie Murphy had gone on to do his own thing. You know, he was like, he was kind of trying to do his own thing. So like, he wasn't really like that guy that you just put in a movie. It was, so they just got Sinbad instead. It was like, Sin, it was Sinbad's time pretty much. Cause there's always this thing. There's always this thing where it's like one black comedian at a time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's always one black comedian at a time. And Sinbad was just happened to be that black comedian. He was he 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 was the dawn of the early to mid nineties. He did a whole bunch of movies. He did Necessary Roughness. He did House Guest. This is the movie we're talking about. First Kid, Jingle All the Way. You know, did a, did a couple of movies. Uh, did a couple of movies in the mid in the mid nineties. That was another movie he did. We did we played a cowboy. I remember, and I can't remember the name of it for nothing in the world i like the movie i remember seeing it when i was a kid and i remember actually liking the movie i thought it was a really good movie i forgot the name of it too but like he played a cowboy and this is real this is not like the shazam shit that everybody is talking about where like they thought he played a genie or whatever but this is real. There was a movie out. It had to come out around like like the mid-90s. And he played a cowboy in it. And I can't remember the name of it. If you can remember the name of it, uh, send me a voice message on Anchor. And go and find the movie for me. Find out the name of that movie. Because that might be a movie. That might be another movie I do on this podcast. If you can, just send me. There's a voice message app on Anchor. You can go send me a voice message. Even if you want to send me a... If you want to send me voice messages for anything. Just send the voice messages to me. Voice messages to me. I'll listen to them. I'll shout you guys out on, 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 on the podcast most likely play them on the podcast too but Sinbad did a lot of stuff in the in the in the in the early to mid 90s he was on a different world 
he had that's actually where he rose to prominence that's where his, that was his claim to fame he was on like about like five seasons of a different world and then he left to go pursue a movie career and then he even had a talk show in the late 90s he had a talk show in the late 90s it didn't last long it probably, i think it lasted like two seasons uh, i think it was uh vibe he, he hosted the vibe show uh I wish I could find like old tape of that of Sinbad. I don't even know if that show's on YouTube because there was a because there was a thing in like the late '90s where they were trying to find the next Arsenio Hall. They tried Sinbad. They even tried Keenan Ivory Wayans. Neither of them worked out. I think both their shows lasted like two seasons. It didn't. It didn't work out. They they did not find the next Arsenio Hall. Hell. Arsenio Hall couldn't even be the next Arsenio Hall, but anyway, but dude, dude accomplished a lot, I think, and that's that's just something. And he also served in the United States Air Force, so I want to thank him for his service for that, also. But dude did a lot, and Sinbad, Sinbad is un. I think just think the guys that really underrated, and I think he deserves his props. So. Salute to you, Sinbad. But let's get to this movie. Uh, Sinbad plays Kevin Franklin. Uh, this guy, he's like an orphan. He's right now he's kind of like a hustler. When you, when you, when you get to him as an adult, he was an orphan as a kid. You get to him as an adult, he's a hustler. He's into all these get-rich-quick schemes. He's really trying hard to get rich doing nothing. So. Pretty much, Kevin is a millennial. <laughs> He's pretty much a millennial. He's like, you know, he just wants to get rich quick. He wants to do something that doesn't require a lot of work. So, but pretty much, the first, I want to say like the first 20 minutes of this movie is pretty much just all set up and exposition. Just set up, exposition. There's a scene in here that's very, very reminiscent of a mid-90s, early-90s black McDonald's commercial. It's kind of like that Kelvin commercial. Like, Kelvin got a job, you know, where, like, Sinbad goes and plays basketball with the, with the other fellas in the hood. And he goes and plays basketball with them. And one of the guys... This guy is a McDonald's actor like a motherfucker right here. He's a McDonald's actor like a motherfucker. He's he just like, hey, Kevin, hey, Kevin, you got that million dollars yet? And he's like, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. He's like, he got a whole bunch of tapes at the crib saying he going to make a million dollars. Let's go to Mickey D's, y'all. You know? That's all he had to end it with, to say, let's go to Mickey D's, and they would have played this fucking song, you deserve a break today, they would have played that shit, I don't know how fucking on key I was, well, I'll probably hear later, but anyway, Kevin's into all these get rich quick schemes, and somehow, he owes the mob $50,000. Dollars. I almost said million, but he owes them fifty thousand dollars. And they show up to his door and they want their money. Or they're gonna put a bullet in his brain. But really, really, the mob and the fifty thousand dollars, they're really like just a MacGuffin 
for him to leave town and like meet meet the family that we see later on in the movie. But so so he pretty much tries to skip town. <laughs> he tries to skip town and leave because they said because the mob said if you don't give us our fifty thousand dollars, we're gonna put a bullet in your brain, pretty much. And somehow the mob, the two mobster guys find him at the airport. I don't know how they did that. They, they're, they're like really good scouters for some reason. I didn't know the mob had such good scouters where they could just find people randomly in the airport or find out that people are skipping town in the airport. I don't, I don't know how it happened, but they catch, they catch Kevin. They got Kevin, looks like he's done for, and Kevin does one of his, one of his, uh, pretty much, like, quick talking, I'm I'm trying to get out of this fast moves, he sees, like, a a group of women, and he just says, Denzel Washington's in the airport, and they all scream and stuff, and he gets away through the crowd of women, and one thing I gotta say about this movie is that Sinbad, Sinbad does a lot of ADR in this film. He does a lot of ADR in this film. Cause there's part there's there's parts in this movie. ADR is for people that don't know what ADR is, ADR is voiceover work. Um but Sinbad does a lot of that in this movie because there's parts in this movie where Sinbad's talking but you don't see his mouth move. He's talking, and you don't see his mouth move. And he's like, wait, he said something, but I didn't see his mouth move. What's going on here? Uh, But anyway, he gets away. He runs into Gary Young, played by Phil Hartman. Gary's there with his two two youngest kids. They're there waiting for Gary's old friend, Derek Bond. The real Derek Bond is played by a terrific character actor, named Ron Glass, who a lot of you may know from Firefly. He's the only black guy on Firefly, I think. I don't know. I haven't watched a lot of Firefly. I'm sorry. I love Nathan Fillion also, but haven't gotten the chance to watch a lot of Firefly. Gina Torres is on there too, and I love me some Gina Torres, but it's got all the right people on there, and I haven't gotten a chance to watch a lot of Firefly. I don't know what it is. I gotta sit down and watch, like, just, like, maybe, like, a whole season of Firefly, because I've just seen Firefly here and there. You know, that's all I've seen it. Sorry, you could take my geek card away. I don't know, but for that. But anyway, um, Kevin steals Derek's identity. Derek is a dentist, and he steals... Uh, Kevin steals Derek's identity and he just walks up he's like just he just casually walks up on Gary and just says hey which I don't know how that happened I don't know why Gary doesn't have a picture of Derek I don't know why I, I'm guessing they spoke on the phone beforehand you would kind of think he would know what his voice sounds like and because the real Derek Bond's voice is very low. He has a very baritone voice. And Kevin Franklin's voice is very high-pitched. It's, it's, it's on a higher octave. And you would think he would know that this is not Derek Bond. But 
Gary's only description. I do, I do like this. I like this. Like Gary's only description of Derek is because like when his kids ask, he's like, "Who are we looking for, Dad?" And he says, "I don't know." He's like, "He's uh, he's tall and he's black." So basically, any random tall black guy, <laughs> any random tall black guy could have walked up on Gary and said he was Derek Bond. Basically, basically, and Sinbad just happened to be that guy. But all that aside, uh, the minute that they're on screen together, Sinbad and Phil Hartman have a ton of chemistry. They have a ton of chemistry together. It's just off the charts. These guys, I, I really wish, I really wish that they really got the chance to do a lot more movies together because I would have been down for a Sinbad, Phil Hartman uh, pairing a movie, like a buddy cop film. If they did like a buddy cop movie, if they did a movie with like, it's like two dads trying to protect their daughter's virginity, you know, something like that. I was like, I would have been down for that. Uh, I think that would have been really hilarious had they got the chance to do something like that you know like i really wish that they actually got the chance to do more movies together i know they did uh jingle all the way together but they weren't really in the same scenes together you know like so that one really doesn't count so this is like the only movie that they did where they're together like multiple times in scenes really wish they got the chance to do more stuff together but uh so Kevin and Kevin finds Gary. Uh, Gary just takes him with him because he thinks he's Derek Bond, and they go to Derek's uh, Derek's town. Uh, not Derek's town. They go to uh, <laughs> Gary's town, and and Kevin finds out that he's supposed to be a speaker at this school. I don't know what type of school this is. They never. They never tell you what type of school this is supposed to be at all they never they don't tell you if it's a uh if it's like a high school they don't tell you if it's supposed to be a preparatory school they don't tell you if it's supposed to be a college they don't tell you if this is the the school for gifted youngsters they don't tell you anything about this school it's just a school that's all you know but I like the scene where I like the scene where Kevin is up on stage and he's doing the slideshow and all this stuff. That that scene's kind of funny. And then the guy calls him out, and the guy calls him out because he kind of sees through his bullshit. And he does, he's like, "Yo, man, you you're not the real Derek Bond." Kind of. He doesn't say it, but he doesn't get the chance to say it because like Kevin shuts him down. And he's just like, "Hey, you don't you don't have a woman. Why are you judging me?" You know, it's. It's kind of a funny scene. It's kind of a funny scene. But then we move on. We see uh, Gary's oldest daughter, Brooke. And Brooke is a smoke show. I'm not going to lie. Brooke's hot. Personally, I got a personally, I got a thing for goth chicks. I don't know. It's something that I like personally. But like, so even even then, I think, and I kind of think it started with her when I was a kid. I was like, oh, wow, I think I like goth chicks, you know, so, and 
kind of got one now, so, you know, but, you know, but anyway, uh, but she has, like, this, uh, fake vanilla ice boyfriend, right, and I don't know how they got together, because goths and hip-hop people don't really hang out with each other, you know, I don't know, they were just like, hey, they're both kids just put them together you know the teenagers just put them together it doesn't matter what type of music they like but it really doesn't work like that sorry it just really doesn't work like that I don't know if that was just casting if that was the writers or they just don't know teenagers I'm 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 kind of glad that they're kind of a little bit more accurate with teenage clicks nowadays you know and from what I'm hearing, I'm, they're probably not even accurate with that. It's just generational, pretty much. And, like, if you're a generation before that, you pretty much don't know. That's that. But I like this character. I like Steve, ST3. I like ST3. I wish that this, I wish that this kid went on to do more, because I think he's, like, one of the best side characters in this whole movie. There's a lot of lot of forgettable side characters in this movie they really are and um because you got you even got uh uh what's his name the guy from ferris bueller he's the principal in ferris bueller he's in this movie and kind of forgettable i don't even know i don't know what his 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 purpose is in this movie kind of forgettable but i like this kid uh he was played by an actor named kevin jordan I, i looked him up and I don't know what else he did after this. I really don't. I tried to look him up and couldn't find anything. I think this is, ST3 was it for him. And it's kind of sad because I think he was kind of a good actor. <laughs> I don't know. But we leave them. We go back to his house. We go back to uh, Gary's house. Uh, Gary has two other kids named Jason and Sarah. They're kind of forgettable because they're little. I mean, like Sinbad has kind of one scene with uh, Jason that kind of stands out, but that's it. Sarah is totally forgettable. She's just the cute little kid. She's supposed to be. That was a, that was a big thing in the '90s. Let's get a cute kid. That was a big thing for a, for a while though. <laughs> Where it's like, let's just get a cute kid, you know? And she's the ter- she's a terrible actor. She's a terrible actor. She she I know she's only I think she's supposed to be five, but not 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 that strong of an actress. <laughs> That's she really is nothing in this movie. Not the not the insult the kid, but she really doesn't really lend anything to the movie, really. But also gang also uh Gary has like these like anger fits that really come out of nowhere. Like they really come out of nowhere and they like they they're just they're just like outbursts. You just <laughs> And it's just like, where, where's this coming from? <laughs> it's like, where's this coming from? Uh, anyway, uh, Kevin finds out that Derek's a vegetarian. That whole, they try to make like a whole, like running gag out of that. And it doesn't really work for me. It really doesn't. It doesn't work for me. It's just him trying to sneak a burger or sneak some type of unhealthy food. And it doesn't work for me it's not i don't find it funny i really don't i don't find it funny there is something in here that (laughs) there is something in here 
that I'm thinking about it right now and I'm about to I'm about to laugh. But <laughs> Phil Hartman's character, when he's talking about the vegetarian stuff, there's a turkey. And Phil Hartman takes the turkey and he like take he takes like a little sliver of the turkey. He eats a piece of turkey. He takes the piece of turkey. And he eats the piece of turkey ever so seductly. Like ever so seductively. I couldn't even get it out because it's so funny. And I kid you not, I laughed for a good two minutes. I had to I had to pause the movie because that was so funny. I don't know if that was supposed to be intentionally funny or unintentionally funny, but it was funny. Just the way he kind of looked into the camera. The way he kind of looked into the camera. And he took the piece of turkey and he just bit into it just so just like so seductively. And it's like he's kind of having like an orgasm. <laughs> it's kind of like he's having an orgasm eating it. Funny shit. Funny, funny shit. But then we run into uh, Gary's wife, Emily, who is a work of uh, who she's pretty much a workaholic, and uh, Gary kind of resents that a little bit, and like they they kind of get into it, you know, a little bit throughout this movie, and the the Gary and his wife arguing scenes are just kind of eerie, you know. Especially when you find out, uh, in hindsight, what happens to Phil Hartman, like, what, two years later after this movie? It just, like, it just kind of, because it just kind of mirrors Phil Hartman's personal life with his wife and the tragedy that happened two years later between him and his wife, you know, you know, so like watching watching those scenes are kind of disturbing because, you know, in hindsight, what happens to Phil Hartman two years later be- between him and his wife, you know, and it's like a real, real sad, it's real sad state of affairs that happened there. But anyway, I hate to I hate to bring the fucking podcast down with that, but there's a weird Sinbad pillow montage I could do without. I was like, why? But he calls himself Pillow Man for some reason. He says, Pillow Man, Pillow Man to the rescue. And I think that was ADR too. I think that whole scene was ADR because I don't think he said anything. I think it was all voiceover. Like I said, like there's scenes in here where like he's talking and his mouth doesn't move. I don't know what that was about. But anyway, there's a party scene. There's a party scene. I think this scene was just supposed to be Sinbad just riffing and improvising for about a good. I want to say this scene. I want to say this scene is like a good old 25 to 30 minutes. I want to say this scene is. It's like this, this scene takes up a good 25, 30 minutes. There's a bunch of just like forgettable characters in this in this scene. Uh, there's a like a French teacher. There's a a chick with some messed up teeth. Is there's a uptight black woman like that? I think they try to make something funny out of that. I don't know. I don't. I, I didn't find it funny because like the up because there's an uptight black woman 
at the party and uh Kevin's Kevin's just like hitting on her and she's by like the ice cream machine or something and he's trying and she's trying to get ice cream out and Kevin goes over he's like can I help you and he like messes with the ice cream machine messes with the ice cream machine and he like like he breaks the ice cream machine and like a whole bunch of like white ice cream <laughs> comes out of it and just hits her in the face and all over her body and all over her dress and shit and i'm like what's that supposed to mean <laughs> is that supposed to be a sexual innuendo <laughs> you know i don't i don't know but later on and later on in the freaking scene uh everybody gets drunk there's kids present for some reason i don't know if those kids got drunk they play brick house from the commodores uh, there's there's this weird dude at the party who likes to drink wine. He's like a wine tester or something, and he's just talking about wine like a woman and all this. And, and like Kevin even says, "Oh wow, sounds like you need a woman and all this stuff," you know. But yeah, that happened. Uh, like I said, like yeah, like there's like a Gary and his wife arguing scene after that. There's a couple of Gary and his wife arguing scenes after that. And like Sidbad's kind of looking at this family, like, "Wow, this family is fucked up." <laughs> like, like this cat, this family is low key fucked up. And he's just like, "I gotta get the fuck up out of here," <laughs> you know. <what> I'm <laughs> and uh, well, we go back, and the mob guys show up after like thirty minutes of not being on screen. They show up. They show up to uh, so uh. Kevin has this friend named Larry. He's a tattoo artist. Larry is fucking useless. He's really useless. Larry shows up maybe three times in this movie. Maybe three times. He doesn't add anything. Larry doesn't add anything to this movie at all. Uh, there's a there's kind of a little funny scene between him and Sinbad, where like Sinbad does the old lady. Like, he pretends to be Larry's mom to throw off the mob and all this stuff. That scene, kind of funny. That scene's kind of funny. I like that scene. But other than that, Larry is useless. We don't need Larry. (laughs) So, Kevin's on the run for like five minutes. Uh, He runs into the mob again. The mob tries to run him over. They try to run him over. One thing I gotta say, I like Sinbad Stuntman. Sinbad Stuntman needs one hell of a raise because they had Sinbad they had Sinbad stuntman working overtime in this film he's just working overtime like there's a lot of physical comedy in this movie and I'm like Sinbad is not really a physical comedy guy he's like he's never been a physical comedy guy he's pretty much just been like a flat foot uh stand-up comedian you know, he talks about his life. He talks about his kids. He talks about what life was back in the day. Like, the 70s was the shit and all this stuff. And he talks about that, that, that's pretty much what he does. And he's like, that's pretty much what he does. He's like, oh, these kids today don't know these kids. He's like, you know, that's pretty much it. He's kind of like Bill Cosby without the uh, sexual assault cases but that we know of. But anyway, <laughs> man, dude, I was like, that would break my heart, man. That that's one thing that would break my heart. If like if Sinbad had sexual assault cases, 
Sinbad had sexual assault cases. I was like, there's no, there's no hope. Anybody could get it. I don't know, man. But anyway, Sinbad's stuntman needs just, they need, they need to get that dude a raise. They still need to get that dude a raise to this day. This movie came out like, what, like 25 years ago. <laughs> like, hashtag give Sinbad's stuntman a raise. Make it happen. I don't know the dude's name, but it's some tall, light-skinned dude. I don't know. But, <laughs> but, but anyway, he's running from the mob. He runs into Phil Hartman's character, Gary. Gary tells him to get in the car. Um, they, Gary takes Sinbad to the country club. And they, they kind of have like kind of a montage where like they're getting Sinbad dressed. Uh, it's a it's a montage. It's, it is what it is. All I know is that Phil Hartman and Sinbad have chemistry in it. They're... It's like you can tell that they genuinely liked each other. You know, you can tell that those two guys just got along. You know, you know, you can just tell. You can tell. You can tell. Like, it wasn't just a work thing. You know how two two actors. That's actually a movie I'm probably gonna do down the line, where you can just tell, like, straight up, like, this is a working relationship, and it's something that's it's something that's coming up like pretty soon. Uh. On, on, on my list of, of movies that I want to do on this on this podcast, and th- this is a movie that even when I was a kid I was like, yeah, I don't know, I gotta watch it again. I haven't watched it in a while, but you'll find out what the movie is. But with these guys, I don't feel that. I don't feel like oh, I'm just working with this guy for the check, you know, like like. I don't feel like these guys were like, oh, we're buddy buddy on on, on on screen and then they yell cut and they just walk to each other's trailers. I don't feel that from these guys. I feel like they generally had chemistry together and they generally hung out and joked around with each other and stuff like that. I, I just feel that way about those guys. But anyway, they're on the uh they're in the country club. Uh Gary introduces Kevin to his super racist boss. <laughs> Gary's boss is super racist. <laughs> Cause this is something I didn't even notice. This is something I didn't even notice when I was a kid. I didn't notice this when I was a kid. There's a Mexican guy at the bar. They're at the bar. There's a Mexican guy behind the bar. And he calls the guy Paco. He calls the guy Paco and then he calls him Pancho. And he says, give us some more margaritas over here. And he, and he he just flat out just calls this dude like a racial slur. He calls Sinbad like an undertone racial slur. And he just call he calls Sinbad boy, and he's like very condescending to him. He's like slap me five there, brother, and all this and all this shit. This is and then he has the, the Hispanic guy carry the golf clubs. And the margaritas, and he says, "Get your get your eyes off them senoritas, Paco." I was like, "This dude is super racist." <laughs> that's all I had to say about. That's all I had to say about him. I was like, "This guy is racist as fuck." But anyway, the dirty balls joke is still funny. I like that joke between uh. Uh, Sinbad's character and the guy what's the actor's name he's the guy from uh, Ferris Bueller he played the uh, he played the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh, that guy 
I like that joke. That joke's still funny to me. I didn't think it would still be funny to me as an adult, but it is. But he's like, you wash your balls, my balls. I like to get my balls as clean as I can and all this funny joke. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it in a while, go see it. Still funny. Uh, So the mob is at the country club as well. The mob starts chasing Kevin. Kevin comes up with this thing called speed golf. So they have to do like speed golf. It's pretty much him just fucking running from the mob. This whole thing. Uh. Uh, Gary's super racist boss falls out of the, uh, falls out of the golf cart, chips his tooth. This is where Kevin has to be Derek Bond and be a dentist. So they, they do that whole thing. And this is what I want to know. This is something that confused me. This is something that confused me. I don't think, I don't think it confused me as a kid because I didn't even notice, but it confuses me now as an adult. Is Derek Bond supposed to be like this like super world-renowned dentist? Because they talk about him in this whole scene. Like he's supposed to be uh like world-renowned dentist, like the best dentist in the world type of thing. And if he is supposed to be like a world-renowned dentist, how do these people know? How do these people not know? That this is not him. <laughs> There's got to be newspaper. There's got to be like newspaper clippings. There's got to be interviews with him. Cause even, cause even I think like his old professor shows up and he doesn't recognize him. He doesn't recognize him. I had a run in like maybe like two, three years ago with my friggin' ninth grade algebra teacher. And she still remembered who the fuck I was. <laughs> she still saw me and recognized my face and all this stuff. It, this guy doesn't know that this is not his former student. They just, I'm like, I was like, the stupidity. I was like, they really make these people look dumb in this scene for the sake of the movie, don't they? (laughs) They really do. They really do, but he pulls it off somehow. But that's that's that. And just the last half of the film is kind of... Last half of the film, last half of the film, kind of dull. I'm sorry. It's kind of dull. Uh, towards the last half of the movie, they kind of turn Sinbad into like this magical black man who fixes white people's problems. You know, they kind of do turn him into that, like because he's fixing the daughter's problems. He goes and handles the boyfriend. He gives the little boy confidence to play basketball. He, the little girl is useless, so like they, they don't do anything. He doesn't do anything with her. It would just be more of a father than her real father is. I don't know how that is. I don't know what that's about, but um. And then he just helps Gary and Emily save their marriage and all this stuff. And it's just, you know, just magical black man stuff. Like, we're gonna, I'm going to fix all the white people's problems. But I still got some problems of my own, you know, type of thing. But, um, so the real Derek Bond shows up towards the end of this movie. And he is an asshole. He is, he is a... 
fucking dickhead. Even like there's a scene where like he's in his office and he's kind of addicted to his like his like assistant or secretary. And this is when he finds out about. And this is what I'm talking about right here. This is what I'm talking about right here. <laughs> you got uh Sinbad's character, Kevin Franklin, in the newspaper. Cause Derek Bond sees Kevin Franklin in the newspaper with his name on it. And he's like, yo, this is not me. And like, there's just a lot. It was just a lot of convenience in the in the plot, you know, to complete uh convenience to where this is where it should be, this is where it should be. We're gonna put this in here for the plot. Just conveniently. But I was just saying, like, what? How come they didn't do this in the first place? How come they didn't look, look in fucking newspaper? I know, like, the internet, the internet didn't really exist at this time. It's '95, you know. I think Windows '95 just came out, but <laughs> so like, you didn't really have the internet like that yet. But this guy saw a newspaper clipping, and he's like, "Yo, this ain't me," you know. And he goes, and he goes and finds out, uh. That this guy has been pretty much masquerading as him. And the family finds out that Kevin Franklin is not the real Derek Bond. But since the real Derek Bond is such an asshole. That makes Kevin lying to them forgivable. Pretty much. That makes it forgivable for them. So they forgive Kevin. Kevin gets out of owing the mob money. He has his lottery ticket that he, he won. And so he just gives the lot he gives the lottery ticket to the mobsters, so they leave him alone. And he goes on to be like some kind of like successful writer. And that's pretty much House Guest. That's pretty much the movie. Uh I kinda I, I kinda do got a hot take. One hot take. I always got a hot take. I I had a hot take about Michael Jordan last week. Uh I got a hot take about Phil Hartman's character Gary this this week. I'm sorry, I like this is the hot take of the episode. I think that Gary's character was secretly gay. Hear me out. I got nothing against gay people. Just just, just to put that out there. Uh, but I think his character was secretly gay because there was certain there was certain things in this movie where he pushed the he pushed the boundaries. You know, he pushed the boundaries, smacking Kevin on his ass a lot. And just all up in Kevin's personal space when he thinks it's Derek Bond and like how are you and this is the this is the thing this is a guy that you haven't seen in 25 years you haven't seen him since he's 12 years old you're like how are you that friendly with him and this is a dude that you don't know this is a dude that you don't know how are you that friendly with him you know it's just like he's like it's like he had an infatuation with Derek Bond like an unhealthy infatuation with Derek Bond. And that's why I kind of say that I think Gary's character was secretly gay. You know, and that's my hot take. That's my hot take of the day. But anyway, I still like the movie. If I had to give the movie a rating out of one out of five, I would give it a three. It's not offensive. You know, it's a fun movie you can watch with your family. You know, that's that's pretty much it. That's all I got for House Guest. Uh, join me next week where I talk about another movie. It'll be a surprise. Like I said, go follow me on Instagram if you want to be on the, if you want to be update on what I'm doing. I watch this as an adult, one word. And also, if you want to help the podcast grow, 
uh, hit that support the podcast button on Anchor FM. That's all I got. Till next time. See you later. Peace.